My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today our theme is sacred success. I'm talking to Elizabeth Ocean. She's the founder of the Women's Holistic Business Academy, and um, she's actually been a yoga teacher, a wellness studio owner, a publisher of a popular wellness magazine, an event producer. Her resume goes goes on and on as far as being her um, being. Uh, experienced in the wellness community. So I'm excited to talk to her today because um, when she talked to me about coming on the show, she mentioned how important it is to to support a new paradigm for women going into business, especially into spiritual business. Uh, we can get that temptation to follow other people's frameworks or masculine frameworks that just don't feel aligned. I know a lot of my friends and colleagues have mentioned that to me. Oh, I tried this. It's not in alignment. It's not in alignment. And, and it's partially we need to listen to our intuition and create that, partially learn from mentors. But we can get lost in all of that. So I'm excited to talk to Elizabeth uh, and learn how she helps people today and just kind of have a chat about that. So welcome, Elizabeth. How are you? Thank you so much, Molly. It's so good to be here and hearing you read that just feels so wonderful and just amazing to be on this podcast and with all of your community. So hello, everyone out there in the community. Awesome. Well, welcome to you too. And and so why don't we start where we usually start? Let us know what you do as the founder of the Women's Holistic Business Academy. Thank you. I teach women entrepreneurs to be speakers. That's what it all comes down to. And I specifically am helping them right now to get featured on summits and other high profile speaking engagements, and also to start their own online video shows. So these shows are like on YouTube or Facebook. It's a great way, as you know, it's a great way to get your message out there and to get new clients and also to live your purpose. So that's what I'm helping women do. I love that. And you certainly have been to many, many corners of the the wellness world um, for, a, for a long time now. So, um, you know, it's changed a lot uh, with the advent of, of the internet and social media. And so can you share a little bit about your journey through that and maintaining your authenticity through all of those iterations of your career to, to get seen, to where you are now? Yes, I've seen the iterations. I mean, I've been in this industry for over 30 years now. So this is, we're talking before the internet, <laughs> for those yes, of you who can, can remember, remember that. that world. <laughs> I remember I got fun of, I got made fun of for having a cell phone by a friend. It's like, what do you need that for? What are you, some corporate executive? Um, so that was back in the early, early days of those little Motorola flip phones. So I've always had a calling for healing and wellness, even though I didn't grow up with it even though I didn't grow up in a spiritual family or a family that was focused on wellness at all, I've always just had that feeling and that calling towards healing and consciousness. So when I was a teenager, the only place I lived in a really small town, the only place to access those resources was at the local library. And the shelf that had spiritual wellness books on it was like two feet long. <laughs> That's it. Now, now look at all the 
books and podcasts and <laughs> events that are focused on that. But back then it was the only resources that I had. And I think that's part of why I do what I do now, because I'm dedicated to helping other people find those resources that I never had. Anyway, mm -hmm. I was also an entrepreneur at the same time. So focused on that calling for spiritual wellness. And I grew up, my mom is an entrepreneur. So I grew up with this entrepreneurial mindset. So by the time I was 16, I was starting my own first businesses and it just went on from there. And I've been taking so many trainings as all of your listeners can probably relate, mm -hmm. just one training after another, Yes, <laughs> all the modalities like healing and energy work and body work. I spent a couple of years in India studying yoga, meditation, and Ayurveda and lived on an ashram. I have published a wellness magazine, like you mentioned before. I brought all the community together to publish the magazine and then produce large-scale transformational conferences and festivals. So I really love bringing people together and I love events. Like events are so my jam. I produced like over a thousand wellness workshops in my career. And I've done all these different things. Like, you know, whenever I share it, I think about all the women listening and it's they can relate because they've done a lot of different things, taken a lot of different modality trainings, and it's wonderful and it fills us up. And there's also another side to that, though. If we don't take any business trainings or anything that moves us forward financially or business-wise, then we can stunt our growth a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'll talk more about that later. But yeah, that's that's where I got my start in this industry and in this world, and it's just been carrying me forward for decades. That's wonderful. Yes. And I, I remember, you know, I, I talk in my book about how there, you know, back when I started doing intuitive development work, it was like, you you happen to come across someone who could teach you and who could be your mentor in the in your local community. There was no online workshops. There was no online coaching at all. I didn't even hear the word coaching until I was well into doing my work part time. So it, it it's changed very rapidly. And and I think, you know, you touched on a very good point there. And it's very similar to artists, you know, and I went to art school, very little business training in art school, as, as my fellow art students will know. Um, and so you get out and you're like, well, great, I'm a great artist. But what do I do with it now? And the same thing, being a healer, or being a coach, or being a reader, um, you know, what do I do with that? And and then on top of that, we have that kind of imprint or that burning fear from life, past lifetimes, Absolutely. or you know, sometimes very unsupportive families. So you have these wonderful gifts to help people heal, and yet, you know, social training or family stuff or whatever gives you this imprint that it's not safe that it's not not you know you're not allowed to charge money for it you're not allowed to do stuff like that so can you share how you help uh, women with that sort of issue when they feel this is sacred work and i'm struggling to ask for the money that will help me pay my bills um you know or even just be visible with it just to show up on a stage where many people are going to see them I think a lot of us have this terrifying fear inside that something terrible is going to happen. And it's very interesting to me that, that I that's... see this all the time. I love that you're approaching this because I mean, I saw it in myself and we'll talk about that journey in a bit, but that fear of making money that will be judged, like mm -hmm. everybody here, like, what are your biggest fears? It's I'll be judged or I'll be put down, or I'm not a real healer if I am making money at it. Mm -hmm. And yet... <laughs> You know, one of the ways that I 
counter this is by looking at it and saying, and yet we're happy to like put gas in the vehicle and buy the vehicle and pay those companies top dollar or whatever it is. You're happy to go pay for whatever the thing is, even if it's a pair of shoes or gas in your vehicle. And there's somebody getting wealthy, right? There's somebody getting wealthy who aren't necessarily making the world a better place, mm -hmm. who aren't necessarily healing people. And that's what we need now. So the biggest thing that I say to my clients is it's not actually about you. Yeah. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be judged and I'm afraid and even I'm af afraid of that past life burning thing. Yes, we have that and we need to feel it fully. And then we need to remember, mm, but it's not about me. There are people mm -hmm. out there who who need my healing work, who need the message I have to offer. And I just have to open myself up to the possibility that by taking the steps forward, getting my message out there, standing on the stage, whatever it is, <clears throat> excuse me, that that actually helps people. And if we're here to really be of service, then that's all we can do, be of service and help people. And I heard, I heard Neil Donald Walsh say this like a decade ago. He said, your life doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the people whose lives will be changed by your work or your message. That changed everything for me. Yes, yes, I, I hear that. And I, I find it's easier for me in the work that I do as well to, to look at myself as a channel. I'm a channel, I'm a helper, I'm a messenger. And as long as I stay open to that, magic happens. You know, the right people find me, the right um, relationships occur. And and the transformation that happens and the healing that happens, you can't deny that. And I think for those out there who struggle with stepping forward and being visible, sometimes you do need to see it a few times. So your intellect or your logical mind will go, hey, yeah, there's something to this thing that you're called to do. But um, there is that whole just taking the leap of faith and feeling the fear and doing it anyway. That's, that's very important. It really is. And being surrounded by other women who are doing it too. Because yeah. when we're lone wolfing and isolating, then our self-judgments can really come up. And if you're sensitive, like we are, mm -hmm. it, it just can take you over. But if you're with other women who are also like stepping forward and making moves and, and getting visible and reaching out, stretching their boundaries, you go, oh, this is possible for me too. So that's the other half of how to get through it is, you know, one, remind yourself it's not about you and be of service and two, do not attempt to do it alone. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So can you share about with with all the things that you've done, you mentioned that you went through an extreme adrenal burnout at some point, you know, maybe burning that candlelight at both ends, <laughs> you know, it sounds like, um, can you share what happened at that point that turned you toward the calling of helping other women to maybe have a more holistic journey that does not burn them out and keeps them authentic and aligned to their path. Yeah. Speaking of burning the candle at both ends, I think I had one of those candles, you know, those ones that are in a bowl that have like six wicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that going and both ends. Uh -huh. um, I was publishing the magazine. I was running my yoga studio. I had added a wellness center to it. So I had like 30 people working under me and hundreds of students. And then I had the magazine. So I had hundreds of clients in there and it was producing the events. It was the early days of me creating my wellness festivals I was working as a healing practitioner and a yoga teacher. Can you see where this is going, everyone? Oh, yes. I'm tired <laughs> just was, hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> I was working as a nutritionist <laughs> and I was doing it by myself. Like I, mm. I thought that's what success looked like. I was like, my mom did it all herself. 
you know, powerful women don't need anybody. That whole thing was really running through me. And I thought that if I asked for help, it would be a sign of I'm not okay, or that's weakness, or I can't do it all. So I'm, here I am running like six businesses, working 18 plus hours a day, I would go to the studio in the morning, prepare it, clean it, teach classes, manage everything, be there until the end of the day, go home, and then start working on the magazine. And I'd be on my computer all night until like three, four in the morning, just eating handfuls of chocolate. I love chocolate, but this was just <laughs> to keep me awake. And I would just do that on repeat to try to get everything done. And I could never catch up. And the stress started to, to set in. And I was pushing people away because they didn't understand. Like you mentioned earlier, Molly, like your family, they don't get it. They don't understand. And my family had no idea what I was going through the entrepreneur right like you're just um you're just crazy <laughs> and they didn't get it but I was like but it's my business I didn't want to go work for anybody else and so I ended up on this path of just doing that on repeat and I started crying every day I had no idea why I sunk into kind of a exhausted depression that I'd never been in before again didn't know why and I didn't care about my business anymore I just thought there was something wrong with me mm -hmm. I remember coming home one day and just like flopping down on the couch and crying for like the hundredth time on that couch I think I cried a big puddle into that couch every day and I realized like I can't do this this way anymore because if I do and I won't be in business and I'll I'll not do what I'm meant here to do, what I'm put here to do. Okay. And it was that point also that made me go, I got to change this. And I didn't even know, you mentioned adrenal burnout. I didn't even know adrenal burnout was a thing. You know, I've been in wellness for decades at that point. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was a thing. And I started researching my symptoms. And it was like, not just adrenal burnout, but massive adrenal burnout. Like not just adrenal fatigue, but this was like full on burnout. And I was really ashamed, you know, mm -hmm. queen of wellness, wellness magazine publisher, wellness center owner, all the things, mm -hmm. but just giving and giving and giving. And that's what the women in your community talk about. That's why this podcast is so beautiful. Cause it's like, we're giving and giving and giving and not really balancing ourselves. Yeah. So it was that point that really shifted things for me. I was like, I have to, there's no option now. I have to prioritize my health. And I have to figure out a way of doing my business. Because the other part of it was there wasn't a lot of money coming in. It was all going out to everybody else. So I dedicated, I have to figure out a way of doing business that actually brings me money and brings me balance. Nothing is more important. Absolutely. And, you know, I had a, a similar kind of question came up for me and, and a fear. And I actually talked to someone the other day that has the same fear. She's stepping into her calling. And, you know, well, if I step out, it's going to be this wave of people and this wave of stuff and it's going to overwhelm me and I'm not going to be able to handle it. And, um, and also kind of there's a false belief out there that if we give ourselves to our calling that that's it like that's your that's it you better like do nothing but that and that better be 100% of your personality and it wasn't until actually I met my now husband that I felt I even felt guilty I'm like I'm gonna have this happy relationship and I'm traveling it's so nice and is that okay shouldn't I be working and I heard spirit say 
you know, this is, this is what life gives back to you. This is what we give back to you, these gifts that you get to enjoy and receive love and receive, um, you know, the things that you've wished for because you're giving of yourself. And I think there's a beautiful kind of dance we can do with life when we are following our calling and and we are allowed to ask for things because most of us don't want a whole lot <laughs> you know we want like you said nature we want to hike in nature we want quiet so maybe we want a crystal budget to go to the crystal shop totally um, crystal budget is needed crystal budget. <laughs> women, women make the decisions for the families and when we have more money when we're financially empowered we often buy locally we buy organic we support small local businesses we are buying is power and that makes a difference so that's another reason and women give back as well so there's a few reasons right there to to be financially empowered as a woman that's right absolutely and and to go ahead and ask for what you need so when when you went through that adrenal burnout what was your process of healing like and and how did you align intuitively with all the things going on and maybe even kind of subtract some things because sometimes we think we need to add to balance, but it's really about honing in on what, what's really the fine line that we need to be looking at. So can you share a little bit about that? You nailed it right there. Like what is the honing it in? What do I need to focus on? And that was what came to me. What do I need to focus on? So I really researched adrenal burnout and I did all the things for it, like the nutritional things and just taking care of myself. I slowed down. I remember a friend gave me a book called the book of idle pleasures. (laughs) And like each page was like, stare at a river flowing by for three hours. And I was like, yeah, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like the kind of things that really fill us back up without filling our schedules that really can nourish us. So I was doing all these things to help to nourish myself back to health. And at the same time, I realized I can't do all these businesses at once by myself. And I can't do all of them. I also wanted some more freedom. I was tied to that brick and mortar seven days a week business. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm living my mom's life. That was huge. And so I I looked at my businesses that I had And I realized the ones that gave me the most freedom would be the ones that I would keep. And the ones that tied me down the most would be the ones I would release. So the yoga studio and wellness center was the first to go. And I found a buyer, basically gave it to her because I was like, (laughs) I need out um, fairly quickly. And it was beautiful. She's still running it to this day. Oh, that's which is. Yeah, it is. It's really nice because, it's you know, my heart was there. I created this beautiful thing. Whenever we create something as entrepreneurs, it's like those are our babies, too. Yes, they are. (laughs) Yeah, that went to somebody and I honed in focusing on my wellness community and serving them. So with the magazine and the festivals, I was then helping other entrepreneurs to get seen invisible. That was just the common thread behind what I chose to do was helping these other entrepreneurs was helping them with their marketing and speaking and getting on my stages. So anyway, back to your question. Um, Like that was what filled me up the most. And that's how I started to focus. I took a bunch of stuff off my plate. You know, I think that women entrepreneurs are also often like a type (laughs) controlling, highly creative, it's funny that we're also sometimes highly sensitive and introverted, yes, but we have that highly creative. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, the irony. Um, we we want to do all these things. So it was hard for me to let go, but it was important for me to let go. 
Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And it's, it is uh, having the someday maybe folder is really important <laughs> when you totally. get lots of inspiration. <laughs> and I'm sure many out there are, are, are like us, like, well, maybe we can do that. And maybe we can do that. And da, da, da. And it's like, because we're antennas that are picking up all this inspiration. Yes, we are picking up these possibilities and these things our communities need. Yeah. And if we pick the ones that are the yes for us, and really go for it. We got. We have to trust that the someone else is going to pick up the other stuff, and we don't have to do it all. I know. I don't know about you, but when I first started getting my downloads and really awakening to my path, I was like, oh, "Am I here to save the world? I can't do that. I'm one woman. I can't do that." And then I started to realize, "Oh no, 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 no. There's lots of other people out there. Lots of other people that we may never meet, but we're all doing the same work. And it's like this invisible network, and and that trust that." It's not all on me to do this. It's just on who is in my path to, to serve and to make sure I'm showing up in the ways that I'm called to do it. And um, yeah, and, and that's the fun, <laughs> the fun part. Somebody, my, one of my last guests said, um, you at every level, you face another devil, every, every level, a new devil. So that, you know, kind of ego will pop up and you have to use the tools that you've learned along the way and as you're teaching others. So I love so that. True. Yeah, I love that you support that that new paradigm of of listening to the intuition. So can you share a little bit about that and how when you're coaching through the Holistic Business Academy, um, you know, you got to have frameworks, you got to have some structure. But how how would someone that that is wondering about like, well, what's the right way for me to get out there and whether it's online or on stage, how how do you help them tune into that? Yes, within themselves to find that answer. I like that you say you got to have some structure because that's true. I've been in this wellness holistic healing industry for over three decades. And I know that we are all, we want to go with the flow. We want to let clients come to us. We're like word of mouth only. And I got to trust my intuition. And so we're really there and I'm there as well. And there's another side to that when, as we're on the path of, figuring out our intuition and learning to trust it. And I'm right alongside you all with that. I've always had this question, like, how do I know it's my intuition or is it my fear? Mm -hmm. And so when women in my world, because I brought the things that I was doing with my magazine and my festivals together to create the academy where I train women in marketing and business and speaking, because that's what I was doing. And what I see is sometimes this holdback of, I'm afraid oh, it must be a sign that I'm not meant to do it. And I actually think that that is one of the biggest mistakes, but it's really convoluted. And Molly, you're an expert in this, so I would love to hear, just I'm flip like, the interview back me. to you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I would we'll love to it. hear what your thoughts on this are, because what I've, what I've noticed is that oftentimes as women entrepreneurs, we will hold ourselves back, call it our intuition, because of past trauma and conditioning, we're confused inside. Yes. And so we need to get really clear. That's why it's so good that you have the book that you have, that you're doing the work that you have, Molly. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> because it's needed. Yeah. So that's one thing that I really help women to tap into is, you know, what is, what is the big calling? What is that big vision? Okay, let's focus on that. Because on the way, these little blocks and barriers are going to come up. These things that, and as you get more evolved, <laughs> putting air quotes around it, <laughs> it, it gets more subtle. The, the, the little sneaky thing that's like, don't do it. 
it gets more subtle and it disguises itself. It puts on like a flowing robe and holds prayer beads. And it's like, I am your intuition. Don't do this thing. And it's like, mm, I know you're not. And every time I step out, it's like, okay, this, that worked. And if I'd have held myself back because of the fear voice, it wouldn't work. So this is what I really help the women in my programs to do. I love that. And I love that. That visual was great. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like the more developed you get, like the yes. more trainings you take, it gets more sneaky, that little voice it that does. wants to take you out. And and it's the, the ego is a shapeshifter. So it's, it, you know, it'll, it'll use whatever kind of thought or memory or impression you have of the wor world to create a problem that is probably not there because that's the, that's what it does. It's just like, let's create problems so that we can solve them. We like solving problems. So if we can't find any, let's make some. Exactly. And, and I think to your point about fear, that's actually, I had a, an aha moment that created that I created my program around because I realized when I was really kind of in my own hermit days, um, really doing a lot of spiritual study, really listening to like, what's my calling? What's next? Going out in the woods a lot. That was my, my best friends were the trees, you know, they still are, but I mean, it was constant back then. And I realized when I wanted, when I felt called to put things out there or step forward in any way, or even just try something new in my personal life, I would feel that, oh, no, there's something not right about that. Like, mm -mm. so that must be my intuition telling me it's, it's not good. And I noticed a couple of times when I said, you know what, it's almost everything <laughs> that I feel that way about. So let's just try it. Let's go against that particular feeling. And that's when I realized that you explained it very well, that the ego can separate itself. Either it's the way we overthink our, our calling or our intuition or the way our instinct to stay safe and comfortable which is, you know, the primal fear of, you know, being attacked by the saber-toothed tiger. It's it's still there for us, but it's doesn't have anything to really guard our guard us from anymore. So it will create that, and it is based on past embarrassments or traumas. I know for me, I was bullied, so getting out in the world, it's like, oh, you know, I'm putting myself out there. It's everyone's going to make fun of me or something. You know, who knows yeah. back then what it was? But if I had listened and I had took taken it seriously and 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 kept mistaking it for my intuition, I wouldn't be helping the people I am today. So that's yeah. definitely something that I teach that it's a particular feeling in your body and in your in your beingness. And once you get to know what that feeling is, you can always call it call it bluff. <laughs> Most of the time, like 99% of the time, 99. Yeah. I take action in spite of the fear. And, and it's yeah. on the other side, I'm like, see, it wasn't my intuition. It was it was just that's a right. fear holding me back from the saber tooth tiger, like you yep, said. That's yeah. it. And it's just know, knowing how that manifests inside you. And then once you know, okay, we can work with that. Otherwise, yeah, you feel at the mercy. I know I, know I did for a long, long time. Yeah. Like, what I ah. find is taking action really helps. It's, <laughs> yes. you know, we can do the prayers and we can do the meditation and we can tune in and do all the practices. And those are important. But what I find is that taking the action, just little actions alongside other women who are doing it, you take the action, you're like, oh, it actually, it, it melted that fear. It eliminated it mm -hmm. in a different way than just thinking about it. Because we can really get in our heads. I know that for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's really good to your point, really good to know if you tend to overthink or if you tend to stay in the comfort zone. Yeah. Usually we favor one or the other. I know I, I tend to be an overthinker. I'm like, you know, I'm like, fear, bring it. I'll jump out of an airplane. I'll, I'll figure it out. But, you know, when it comes to overthinking, oh my goodness. So I, I think, you know, knowing where our Achilles heel is, is, is important. So that's a great point. 
And I love what you mentioned about lone wolfing. I've never heard that term before, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good thing to bring up that so many of us are like the witch in the woods, you know, that's our, that's our true fantasy is like, can we just go out and talk to the animals and totally. meditate <laughs> in the forest? And then people can just come see us if they need healing. So, right. you know, a lot of us want that. So we do tend to be introverted or highly sensitive and kind of step back and we're you know very powerfully driven by our our inner guidance so a lot of ideas do come to us but in that solitude which isn't necessarily sacred solitude it's like a isolation we can overthink and we can start feeling it's us against the world or us you know wanting to hide from the world so can you share a little bit about how that still affects you today and maybe you know either that or you know taking time for yourself and your personal needs um, you know, kind of comes up for you while you follow your calling, helping others. I love that you said solitude is different than isolating. And mm-hmm. that's, that's so important because I'm highly sensitive, introverted entrepreneur leader. I love spending time on my own. I would rather be with just one person in a deep conversation than in a room full of a hundred people at a party. And so I have this natural tendency, I don't know if it's natural, but I have this tendency to just want to be alone. I'd rather be alone, but I need other people. And that was part of my journey of realizing, oh, I did it. I tried to do it all alone. It led to a lonely path of burnout. But when I, excuse me, when I got aligned with other women who were also doing it, I was like, oh, I can be safe again. Because part of my journey as well was being isolated from other women who in my perception, were judgmental and not very nice. Mm -hmm. And when I found other women who were on the path, who understand what it's like to be a leader, who were in the arena, so to speak, I was like, oh, I don't have to do this thing alone anymore. And that made the biggest difference, getting with other women, listening to podcasts like this, having masterminds, being trained, getting coached. That made a huge difference but I still have the tendency to, my community calls it lone wolfing. You know, you're on your own. You're just being a lone wolf. That's right. But a wolf needs a pack, 100%. Like we need each other. So we are women who run with the wolves, not just one, not not all by ourselves. And that tendency is always in us. Just like when you have adrenal burnout, the tendency is then always in you or people who deal with addictions or whatever it is. You have to be aware of that tendency. So it's the same thing with the lone wolfing. You get into a community, you get supported, and then you go back and you're doing it on your own. That's oftentimes women entrepreneurs are teaching on their own or healing on their own. So we just have to be aware of that tendency because it can lead to dark places. And like you said, Molly, it's different than solitude, sacred solitude. Are you isolating? And when I know I'm isolating, it's when I'm in fear or shame or self-doubt or when I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the time when my my mind, or like you said, the ego, it will shapeshift and be like, you just want to be alone. And I have to put myself out there, like message a friend and say, hey, I'm having a rough time right now. This path of an entrepreneur isn't always easy, right? So it's a, it's a balancing act and we can't, we can't do it alone. It's a lonely, isolated, slow path doing it alone. But when we get other sisters on the path, it can make all the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, validating, but also allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. I think there's, there's something similar to what we were talking about before is, you know, well, we're, we're holding space and we're teaching others and sharing. Uh, so, oh, we, you know, can't really admit that we have these, you know, moments 
And I think that's what makes us human. And actually, I think I was talking to somebody else about that earlier today. Um, that's what makes us human. That's what makes us real. Our, our, you know, stories of our burnouts and our dark days and how we came back from that. And then how, you know, every day it's like a balancing act and it's keeping that. I used to say it's like when you first awaken or, or first kind of do your work, it's like cleaning out the closet. It's really rough and you got to pull all this stuff out. A lot of times therapy is involved. And then after a while, it's just keeping it clean and, and maintaining it. But that doesn't mean life doesn't get dirty. It doesn't get messy or you don't have these messy emotions. So I think that vulnerability piece is important. And women who are in their authentic self tend to really welcome that and, and help. We're really great at, you know, giving that energy to each other so that we can all shine. So oh, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Sharing the, sharing the vulnerability in the beginning was really hard for me because I'm also a perfectionist, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as many of us are. And I was like, I can't share this because otherwise people won't see me as a leader still. Right. And eventually it just had to come out. And I realized when sharing it, other women would come to me and say, hey, I burnt out too. Or, hey, thank you for sharing that. It makes me know I'm not alone. And we go, oh, so our authenticity and our stories actually heal they heal us, but they also heal other women on the path too. And it's so important to share. Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, to your point back in, back in the beginnings, maybe it was a little bit of that, like, oh, if you step into the role of teacher, you've got it figured out. And as we know, with many, many teachers of, of you know, very large uh, organizations and, and groups that it's not all it's cracked up to be. And, and like I said, with my last guest, if anyone says they're completely done and they're enlightened and they know everything run because <laughs> it's just it doesn't exist. It really doesn't. Um, so I drew a few cards for you just to to help inspire you on your journey for those times that you still feel that lone wolf coming on or that that kind of sense that you're giving maybe more than you should of yourself. Um, would you mind if I share that for you? I the would audience? love that. Thank you, Molly. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm getting um, my card for grounding and that in this time in your life, it's really important to ground and that's going to be a huge part of your healing path. So if that means more physical activity or just focusing on bodily health a little bit more, um, it, to me, it's almost also, you know, I'm in my 40s, I'm starting to think about that investment in, in my future. And you're, you've been in the wellness world for a long time. So, you know, you know, strengthening those joints or making sure that your circulation is, is going well, stuff like that. Um, but there's also getting grounded in a new vision for your life and your work. So um, I don't think you're going to do a whole, you know, 180 or anything, but what's new on the horizon that you you've been grounding yourself into because i feel the more you look ahead to that um the the more you're feeling that pull but if you look back and you let those old habits get to you it kind of uh, you feel like that you're in that resistance if yeah. you don't mind sharing a little bit about that oh this is all so true i've been working out more like over the last six months i realized like i have to get my physical body strong i'm 47 so i'm a, i'm like approaching that perimenopausal phase and it's like things are falling apart and things are what they used to be and my body so doesn't weird. feel this it's so weird <laughs> it's we do, can we do an episode about this yes <laughs> <laughs> um so i've just over the past few months been realizing i need to strengthen this thing and so i've been doing weightlifting so awesome. like what you're saying is so true and yeah. I've been out in my garden and that feels so good. And I realized that like I, because of that tendency and I care about my business so much, I'll work a bunch, mm -hmm. but I have to keep myself grounded in the real world yes. beyond computers. 
-hmm. and get outside in nature as much as possible. So when you said that, I was like, yes, that's so true. And I'll commit to doing it even more. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just, you're coming out of a time of getting reconnected to your higher spirit and your, your source um, out of a time of uncertainty. So I think whatever you surmounted in that, in that recent past, you've, you've done very well. Um, And now a lot of changes are going to be occurring because of it. And that's going to create that need for balance. And I am getting flashes of more personal life stuff. Um, I don't know if you have children or, you know, family that, that kind of is swirling around with that, but I do sense a balance of boundaries and knowing where you begin and where they, they begin or where you end and where they begin sort of thing so that you're taking better care of yourself. So does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Yeah. There's been some I don't have kids, but there's been some family stuff going on. My parents are aging, mm-hmm. lots of like personal life stuff and transitions. And also just this time in my life, mm-hmm. I feel like everything's unraveling in a way, which is a beautiful thing, but it's also untethered. It's like, whoa, am I having a midlife? I'm going to call it an awakening, not a crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is something to that that's powerful, but it's also un. I guess, ungrounding in a way, because it's new. And I feel there's shifts happening that are rapid and I'm being shifted and hot flashes are ripping through my body. And it's just like, okay, some, like there's big, big things happening. And I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, but what's on the horizon for me now, like you're saying, I don't know what it is, but I'm opening to this awakening and it's, I just have to keep taking deep breaths. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and know that you have the confidence and everything you need to su- survive this and even thrive through it. I think it's about revising your vision. I see your biggest obstacle is just using that wonderful manifesting mind of yours to to revisit what maybe what you thought this this time in your life would be like and say, "All right, now with the evidence that I have, how would I change that dream or how would I create more of what I want today?" And not the 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 things that I wanted when I was 25 or 35. Yeah. And so, you know, going into those, you're not quite at your second Saturn return, but it's kind of like even when we enter our 50s, it starts that dream state of well, what's what's next for us. It's a whole new, <laughs> a whole new uh, paradigm, but a whole new um, landscape. You know, right? Totally. So yeah. the more I'm on you the get precipice. In- Yes. And, and the more you get in touch with your truth, um, you're going to be able to get around a lot of obstacles that would have tripped you up before, whether it's family stuff or anything that kind of gets that sensitivity on high alert. I feel that the more you use your voice um, and, and admit to what you really want in these situations, it's going to start healing some generational wounds and um, patterns that, that haven't been very helpful for you. So I feel you're going to see a lot of that in the, in the coming years. Mm. And overall, the more you shine, the more you bring your spirit back home. So uh, it's going to happen more and more. And if anything, you've got to watch that sorcerer um, within you that kind of make it happen part of you that can mass the ego can masquerade as it as, as this part of you. So it's powerful, but it can also pull you back almost like a um, for you, it may be that inverted ego, like, who am I to do this? Or who am I to want yes. that? You know, and, and that's just as much just as damaging as that big ego that's so grandiose that thinks it's so important. So be be mindful of that so that mm, you can stay on your purpose. Sense. Yeah, cool. Wow. <laughs> that's really special, Molly. I've never had a reading at the end of an interview. And I'm just 
Lord, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's just, it's so nice to connect in conversation and then to connect energetically like that. So, and I know it helps the listeners as well. So thank you for, for letting yeah. us share that today. That's beautiful. Awesome. Well, wonderful. So where can people find out more about what you do online? Let's send them to our free gift about really connecting with your audience. And, you know, like I said, I help women to have their own show. So, and to speak. So illuminate your message is a gift I could give to everybody. That's at womensholisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash illuminate. Awesome. Love it. Go visit uh, Elizabeth's website. It's been so lovely talking to you today. And I really appreciate you sharing your light. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate you and all that you do to bring all of this together. It's just been such a sweet chat. Oh, wonderful. You're very, very, very welcome. And thanks everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.